You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. Welcome back, everybody. Area 52 podcast. Once again, here we are. Hey, guys. Deep underground. (laughs) The Area 52 (laughs) secret recording facilities. Uh, No one knows where we are. I don't even know where they, we are. The, I've, we've said it before. They they they, they put bags us. over our heads. Now, um, do they do the same things to you guys as they do to me? Do you make how many pit stops do you guys make before you get to the room? Um, they have stopped in a few of my pits on the way to the room. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that that was. That's why I'm always standing when we do this because oh. it's hard to sit. Oh. Um, once again, uh, we have to say uh, for for longtime listeners, as you can hear, mm-hmm. we are not joined once again by. Uh, our compadre. The third mic is silent. It is. It's like we put a little tiny Tim crutch yeah. rested up next to it. I know. That's it what like, it's resting on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one day, you know what? Oh. One day we'll get the fattest goose. <laughs> the fattest <laughs> Christmas goose and tiny Tim shall feast. We just want you know, we miss Eric yeah, too. Yeah, we miss Eric too. Despite all the the grief that we give yeah, him. I mean, um, he knows it's out of love. Part. But we really miss him too. Yeah. And he's just been so Super busy. busy. Super so, busy. Um, he's got a lot going on and it's really cool to be honest. He's got a really cool new gig. And we gig. don't really want to replace him. I know no, that like we probably won't. some people want maybe a third and I, we understand the dynamic yeah. of three people, but we don't really want to replace Eric. No. We like him and we feel like Eric's he's, chair will always be open. Yeah. We might have a guest from time to time, Absolutely. somebody who, who knows a bit about like a certain Absolutely. topic or somebody who has like uh an experience they want mm-hmm. to share, uh, friends of ours that we've done yeah. you know, paranormal stuff with. Maybe, you know, people like that. Yeah. But, but Eric's Eric's slot, no matter how uh, how long he's gone he's for, he'll always be He's part of the Area 52 family. He's... Um, but, the, but the biggest problem that it came down to, and it's something that we run into even, is that, like we've said in the past, we don't ever want to do a topic unless we can really sit down and go through the information presented, yes. look at both sides, and then make notes and kind of create a podcast that that makes sense. Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of this stuff is not an hour-long discussion. No. Even with like 9-11 where we did two episodes... It was still not even a three-hour discussion. It's like a. It's like we need to talk for a couple days. It is if it's with days. your parents, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a longer discussion. Yeah. It's a much deeper thing, and it's, and there's so much more information that we can yeah. give you. And this, I mean, this and pot- for the most part, we do want to actually know what we're talking about. There's right. times when, oh man, I'm like, oh, we'll listen back to the podcast. I'm like, what are you talking about, you idiots? But I mean, for the most part, like what well, we try to, and but that's the thing is that like sometimes you're on the fly and you can't catch yourself. Yeah, but. and and we also don't want the podcast to be like a, a a detailed dump where we're just like here are the things that you need to know and blah 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 blah. Yeah, that would you be know? a little too. So uh, we try to get as much hope. as we can, yeah. right, so that we can do things. And this week has been no exception because we actually recorded last week on Tuesday, and now it's Sunday. It so is. So it's only been five days since mm-hmm. we recorded last. And in that time, I've done three shows. Uh, you've had you had wrestling practice today. Yes. In fact, you you came from I the even ring. Showered. No, you came <laughs> in the picture because oh we always gosh, post the picture. Yes. Oh. We'll just highlight how like disheveled. I mean, don't you, even worry about it. Like we're gonna bring out the bruises. The bruises like my hair is a yeah, mess. Like, I had nothing to a, do with it. It is a right wreck. now. Like right now, look. If we walk around in public, people are like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm sure they're like are giving me a sideways okay? looks. Like, do you, do you need help? Yeah, she needs help because I got her in a steel cage. <laughs> 
That's right. You and me more than Daniels. I'm going to take your title. Ooh, yeah. Um. <laughs> but well, I'd love to see the poster for that show. It's going to be amazing. Yes. It's just going to be me yeah. like sitting in front of the TV watching YouTube like, I'll get you, but only after I eat my cereal. Um, but this week, I mean, honestly, I, okay, so I had shows uh, last night, mm-hmm. the night before, yep. and Thursday. And so when we get done with shows, I, I come home. We'll eat, we'll crash, like, it's kind of how it is. And we've just had day after day of, like, doing stuff for the for the shows. Yeah. And so last, we hadn't really figured out what we wanted to do on the podcast, and it was last night. Yeah. Um, we were, I'm getting ready I to mean, go to my show, and we're trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to do? And also, like... Well, I mean, we had ideas. We it's had just some that, ideas. Like, we still have ideas. They're still I, I forgot, you also went to the Puddle of Mud concert I in the did. last two days. I, I did. had a show, and you went and saw Puddle I of Mud. I did. Friday night, I went to Liquid Joe's. It's a little club here. I, I was surprised. I, I, I actually, back in the day when I was in my band, I played Liquid Joe's uh, a number of oh, times. Oh, that's right. You it's did. A cool, it's a cool little venue. You played a couple cool little uh, like dive bars around yeah. the valley, though, which I think is a cool thing. Yeah, it's, I love, I mean, there's some great music venues here. Yeah. And to see, and, and I think a lot of people go, oh, well, those bands are playing small venues. Well, sure, you know, not every band can play an arena. Not every band is Taylor Swift or the Foo Fighters and they're going to really sell that out. I really don't think that's the same experience. I mean, and it is, it is, this is the music that I kind of fell in love with when right. I was in my formative years, you know, right. like at 13 and things like that. These bands were popular. So, I mean, I understand that some people might not even know who these bands are now, but to me, it's like this opportunity that if there are some original band members and things like that, and I mean, of course, there's the lead singer and everything like that, but um, bands like Puddle of Mud. I mean, I was there and I was like two dudes back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm literally like smelling West Scatlin's breath. Like, and, 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 and it smelled cool- like alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the cool thing about those bands is that like, like we say, you know, not everybody can play an arena, but the fact that they'll come and they'll do these shows still and, you know, and they'll, they'll, at yeah. least still play the music yeah. and at least still give people an opportunity and, to hear. I think that's pretty cool. And he was pretty jacked up. Like, I've heard I, stories. I mean, the yes. stories of Wes Scantlin are are notorious. Mm-hmm. He has meltdowns on stage. Yep. He had a, a face-off with the police not Band long ago. Band members will just walk off. Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, totally. And, and to be honest, Show. when he first started, yeah. I mean, this dude, there's like almost no soul left in his eyes. It's kind of actually heartbreaking Like for that. It was cool to be there, but I mean... He does seem like a little bit of a broken human, and it's kind of sad to see that um, just kind of emptiness and void in his eyes. But um, he kind of started out that way, and it was a little mumbly. And I, you know, uh, my friend Jessica was with me, and I, I kind of like was like, "Oh no, here we go!" Like he's gonna, he hasn't even started singing it's- one one word to one song yet, and he's gonna melt down. And honestly, though, like I don't know how he did it. I I kind of almost have to give him more credit because I'm telling you, he was at least three sheets to the wind if not a fourth sheet if not, if not, not more a, sheets right at right. that point <laughs> and How plus many? other uh other, additives other types of yes. sheets yes in the wind um but he sounds i mean you can his voice sounds radio ready mm. live it is impressive um he did a great job. He left the stage to the, to puke <laughs> and then came back and did three more songs and that was it. I mean, it was like a tight 50 minute set and it was, but it was awesome. I was out of the parking lot at like 1159 <laughs> <laughs> on my way to Del Taco. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know what? That sounds like a perfect night. Yeah, it was good. Out. It really was. It was great. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's been a busy couple days. 
I didn't know we were going to talk about that. But yes, and in spite of all that, I have to say, like, you still got so much research well, done. And I have to thank you for doing that because I did not pick up my slack as much on this because... Well, it's just been that. It's been... We've had... Uh, like I said, we, we don't want to do a topic. We don't want to talk about anything unless we can actually study it and get the basic yeah. details and, and get enough information uh, to be able to... It's only wait. fair to you guys, Well, too. and we want to be able to wade through the nonsense because like we proved last week with the Clintons, you know, it wasn't just about... Bad, 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 bad. Some right. of this stuff is bullshit. Right. And it's like, look, even if you can say, hey, look, this stuff might be true, but we can disprove this but, other and stuff. Right, just then because that's one thing do. has been proven to be, you know, just because one murder is proven to be real doesn't mean, well, let's not say murder. Well, well you uh, know, but like, if you uh, say, okay, any incident, recant, if you say X, recant. Right, redacted. Um, um, uh, but no, but I, if I mean you say, say like, like a, if one a thing is bad, is doesn't real. mean that everything is bad. Just right. kind of like we say, if you know, one thing's a ghost, doesn't mean everything's, everything's a, ghost. a ghost. So you want to make so. sure that you can. Um, you know, disprove or debunk or, or just give people the opportunity to hear both sides. Yeah. And that's really what we want to do yeah. every time. So I've been really trying to find topics that we can uh, really delve into and give yeah. you guys enough information um, and, and make it not sound robotic. You know, make it sound like a conversation that you guys would want to join. So, And we did throw out quite a bit of information on that last episode. Yeah, there was, was a lot of that. There was a lot of kind of like, you just need to hear these facts. And some of them intrigued so, me enough that I needed to go back and look them yes. over. And in fact, um, when we were trying to decide a topic, I thought, you know, there was some things on the Clinton podcast that we talked about that I needed to clarify for myself because we had said some details. And when I said them, because like I said, I, I will make these notes and I'll write. And I mean, it's like I get into this. You you know this. I get into this thing where I'm just I'm right formulating how we're going to kind of lay out mm -hmm. a podcast so we don't just come in here and gosh heck we wing it <laughs> yeah. so that we kind of have a narrative as the details yeah, come we're not out. Eric. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, freak, dude. Come we on. miss you, Eric. Yeah, we miss your come unpreparedness. Back. Um <laughs> your inappropriate. Yeah, I miss you learning these details on the podcast as we go. Uh, but no, that's really what it comes down to is that, that I, I looked back and I went, there were some things on that, that I, I didn't understand the notes that I had made. I, and, and one of those scandals, uh, was something that not only had to do apparently with the Clintons, but with, uh, the Bush family, yes. uh, with drug cartels, with, um, the CIA and, and I needed to know, Eric. and I needed to, right. <laughs> If, if you only could be here. And I needed to know more. So I went back and decided that this week we were going to delve into the uh, Mina Airport scandal, which, like I said, we talked about, we briefly touched on in the uh, last week's episode. But I wanted to go back and find out more about exactly what went down. And you haven't really heard a lot of this. No. Because I, I kind of was yeah. reading and, and doing this stuff and watching the videos. Mm -hmm. Lots of, the funny thing is, I was uh, getting sweaty and Yeah, you were getting bruised. beat up. And, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and also, the, uh, the, the videos I watched, there's a lot of old news footage. Like a lot of stuff that exists on this was only really talked about in the 80s and 90s. So, kind of like this dead and like gone, it's kind of just it. gone. Yeah. Now, um, it's under the rug. So let's talk about it. It's a very fascinating story, and to be honest, you guys, I could have gone down nine other rabbit holes. There are like they would be talking about incidences as we go through here, and they'd be like, and I could have gone down a Medellin cartel drug hole, or I could have gone down a CIA drug hole, or I could drug hole, rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> 
What uh, you know about them a holes? Freudian slip, <laughs> uh, a, a rabbit hole, and or or found. You know, I, I mean, there's 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 uh, inquiries and and investigations, and there's so much to this. Uh, so we're gonna touch on the basics, but in but pretty in depth. So I'm gonna so I'm, I'm gonna depth. kind of lay it out for you and the listeners at home. Uh, you know, you're like Danny. A lot of you're going to be hearing this for the first time, so yeah. this is an interesting. And I mean, we kind of talked about if that's how we should deliver it. If if I should kind of sit down and be a little bit more, yeah, because well, I, I wanted to come up and tell you some things, and yeah. I was like, you know then, what, you know, I kind of want your, said, I want hey, why your don't you just, uh, yeah. I want your reaction. Yeah. So let's kind of get into it. The basics of this is that uh, in 1981, Barry Seal, um, who was a notorious uh, drug smuggler. Um, big time drug dealer. Uh, he moved, he moved his operations from Baton Rouge, Louisiana to a small airport in, uh, Mena, Arkansas, which is a small town, uh, with a population at the time of roughly around 5,000. It's not a big town. Okay. Small town. Everybody knows each other. Um, now he had kind of been chased out of Baton Rouge because he was a type of guy who, when you, when you watch this footage of Barry Seal back, he walked around like he was the best car dealer in town, but fully aware that he was the guy who flew cocaine for people. Like he walked around like the biggest right. swinging okay. dick in the in the Got yard, it. and was not really shy about the fact that he it's kind of into these illegal activities. Of, yeah, he was. He loved living the on the edge, yeah. and if he couldn't risk his life, boy, I mean, he just walked around like his shit didn't stink. All right. Um, he kept his drug running planes at a hangar there in Mina. Um, he had, uh, you know, a couple planes there and they had all been modified with, uh, you know, things like uh, different instruments, bigger fuel tanks, um, co- modifications that were very common in drug running planes. And, and these manifests that would, that would talk about these planes, they were aware of these modifications. In fact, some of the modifications were even done at the airport in Mina out in the open. Um, the funny like, thing, like, what do you mean? He would, he, they, they would just be, there were mechanics and yeah. hangers there yeah. and they would, he would bring in people and they would modify these planes and work on them right there. In fact, there was footage in some of these, these things that I watched of people saying, you know, like this guy, uh, who was security or something at the airport, like there was some, some CIA or DEA guys or something there. And he said, what, why don't you just go get him? Yeah. And the guy said, well, either he's the slickest operator around or he's working for us. So he had all of these planes, right? Yes. Now, here's the thing is, is that when you're, when you're having these planes, I mean, the, the, the fact is, is that his, his drug running business wasn't really the, the scandal here. It, it, was, it was pretty obvious when you have these large planes and you're flying them in and out of a rural ass airport. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, think about that. If you're not gonna, you're not gonna fly your big drug running plane to the, to the big old national international airport up here, right? You're gonna fly it to the little tiny. Oh, I thought they had like their own separate terminal, like yeah, the the cocaine terminal, (laughs) (laughs) terminal C. Uh, But uh, you know, the funny thing is, is that. So he's doing this and he's walking around and he's not necessarily being secretive about it. So a lot of people kind of assumed that he probably had protection. Right. And that the people that were in charge mm-hmm. probably 
knew this was going on yes. and probably, possibly... Just kind of turned and looked the other way. And most people don't turn and look the other way for, uh, for free. Right. Now, this guy, Barry Seal, was such a big-time drug, drug smuggler that if you were sniffing cocaine back in the 80s, you're probably sniffing his cocaine. He worked with... In fact, somebody told me, yeah. in fact, um, our, our buddy Jason Osler, who... Uh, went on some ghost hunts with us. We yeah. talked about him. Uh, him he sent like me a message. In fact, this is kind of what got me thinking about this too, wanting to look more into this, is that Barry Seal, um, and for those of you, I guess, that watch Narcos, I haven't watched it. Uh, he's a character and he dealt with Pablo Escobar. Yes. Although, I mean, if, like, if you again, if you got cocaine in the it's 80s, Pablo's. it was Pablo's cocaine. Yep. I mean, this guy is, is a notorious... There were... There were... Uh, all sorts of, of interesting behaviors. Hold on. I, I, I wrote so many of these uh, of these notes out, so I'm kind of going as I went. Um, he had actually told people at one point when some when he was asked about the modifications to his planes, like, you know, and here's the thing. You need bigger fuel tanks and you need uh, instruments and you need space because, number one, you're going to be hauling big equipment. More weight. And, for, and you have to make these long flights. Yes. You're not stopping... You know, you don't, you don't, yeah. your cocaine doesn't I get mean, three layovers, one in Phoenix, one in Boston on the way, right. you know, I was in New say, York. Let me ask you this, like when, when this was happening, was it oftentimes that it was on the passenger plane that was filled with passengers? No, they, they were so private they were planes, planes that he okay. would take and All he right. would fly out on his say, own. I mean, the weight distribution alone and, and knowing that you were going to, if you had, you couldn't like lie and say, oh, we can't fill up the plane. No, no, he would, he, got, these were, these were planes okay, that were that clearly being used for, that. for this. Got it. Okay. He, he told people, that, like I said, at one point he was using it to haul porpoises. <laughs> so like live like, or yeah, I guess, you know, he I feel was, like he could have chose any other. Right. Well, it does seem I like, mean, oh, well, I'm hauling porpoises. Like, I mean, anything at least it didn't need to be in yeah. water. Like, um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> he he paid for everything in cash. Okay. Uh, including all the modifications and the planes themselves. Like just what? paid for it and stuff in cash, right? Um, <laughs> and he also uh, the the accusations at the time were that and and it turned out to be true that he was uh, actually laundering the money from the drug operation all around the town of Mina. So he was taking oh, no. it so like and having it like guilty. deposit. Well, right. he was basically depositing this money. See, there's this thing where like, well, um, I was going to say in the sense that I don't mean everybody's guilty. I meant, um, in the sense that if he's kind of putting it everywhere, it's a little bit harder to it's trace. It's in the community, right? So right. basically what and he does is he takes, these, he takes this money so. and he has a secretary go around town and make deposits, uh, for nine, thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars right so just under 10 which because is like gift tax ten thousand dollars you have to if you make a deposit or a transaction of over ten thousand dollars at any bank you have to fill out a form that lets the irs know that you're making that deposit yes. so if you're not doing anything wrong right uh if you just make a lot of money and you're just depositing your money the irs will know so that at tax time they'll know that you made that money yeah. there's a record that you deposited that much money now if you're making that much money from drug operations you don't want that record so you just go and deposit at nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars at a time and then you never have to fill out this form oh. so the irs can just go back and go oh look look at all these nine thousand dollar deposits you're oh, making my what's gosh. this right that's what it is so they can see that um now uh, in addition to uh, running guns, or in addition to all that, he also ran guns. But that turns out to kind of be 
what ends up tying into this whole thing. So in 1984, Barry Still was caught, arrested, indicted, tried, convicted uh, to 10 years in prison. Wow. Okay. Um, Does anybody know how uh, he got caught? What was his? uh, He was just sloppy, just braggadocious. Got him caught. Um, I'm assuming that's essentially what it was. He he was probably just you know super super slick. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean I mean clearly he was he was he was not. He was just right. Subtle. He, he, cons- he, he knew either, that he yeah. had balls because you can't touch him. Very right? conspicuous about right? it. Yeah. It's like Negan, right? In that in that scene where you just go okay. Like in the reality of this character, you go, look, this guy is, is, I'm looking at him. He's like, it's weird that they have Jeffrey Dean Morgan weigh like 86 pounds to play Negan. He looks skinny. He doesn't doesn't look like the toughest guy. Well, it doesn't look like the guy who gets, who who not only scrounges for food, but has other parties. Right. For him, Same who thing also with Barry has Seale, nice slicked back who hair. Who is this like... big fat tub of shit? Who you know, balding, not a handsome gentleman, but he walked around like that because right. when you have a whole bunch of people who have your back and you feel untouchable, you're gonna walk around like that. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel like he walked yeah. around, and probably for a good reason. So as soon as he gets arrested, he quickly goes to the DEA and goes like, "All right, cool. What do you want to know? I'll turn on anybody." What? I'll get a deal. Really? Give me a deal. So he begins working. He begins working with the DEA as an uh, as an informant. However, in the agencies at the time that were investigating this, uh, such as the FBI, the IRS, Customs, um, all were told nothing of an actual special deal that Seal had struck with a federal drug task force that was headed by then. Vice President George Bush. The deal went like this. Barry Seal stayed out of jail in exchange for information that brought down many of his associates in the international drug trade, cartel members, people he worked for. He sold out all sorts of motherfuckers, which when you're dealing with the cartel (sighs) is super smart. Um, I mean, why does he... I mean, it's not like... Look, once you're in prison, you're not untouchable like... There's other guys who are in there who essentially worked under him who were loyal, maybe for not even speaking. Like, it's kind of crazy to think that you feel safe just to do that. Um, well, maybe I don't know the end of the story, so. Right, we're not even close. Okay. I'll hang in there. Allegedly, and, and again, with this word, when we're talking about the government, when we're talking about government officials, when we're talking about these things. Now, and there's been trials and there's been things that have shown these, but I'm still going to use the word allegedly just a lot because you know what and and i'm also going to say this guys i feel great about myself uh if they find me uh suicided i'm i'm happy i'm not going to piss off the clintons you know i don't want it on the list so uh let's just uh let's just keep using the word allegedly and uh, and that's how it's going to be but also if you found suicided you didn't you're not suicided well, like, isn't that what you're trying to say? Like, yeah, like, but a lot of these people, and we'll find out about this, and we found out just about the other thing that a lot of people turn up, like they're, uh, it's, it just happened to, to suicide. No, themselves. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, like, you're saying you're not, like, I'm, I'm, like, you know, you I'm, not, not, I'm fine. You would so, not suicide it yourself. Would, it's not me. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. I'm like, throwing if something this out goes there. down, so, like, we need to look into it. Allegedly. <laughs> And this is where it gets messy. But allegedly, Barry Seal told people, including investigators, 
and uh, state official, you know, people who were like police officers, uh, that he was working for the CIA. In fact, mm-hmm. one of the airplanes that he used to run drugs was purchased from a CIA front called Air America. What? Now, Air America, listen to this. I, I wanted to go back and find out what this was. So I went to, and I looked this up. This is from Wikipedia, all right? I, this blows me away. Air America was an American passenger and cargo airline covertly owned by the U.S. government in 1950 as a dummy corporation for the CIA's operations in China. The CIA did not have enough work to keep the asset afloat, and the National Security Council Council farmed the airline out to various government entities that included the U.S. Air Force, the Army, and for a brief time, France. Essentially, Air America was used by the U.S. government covertly to conduct military operations posing as a civilian air carrier in areas that the U.S. Armed Forces couldn't go because of treaty restraints from the uh, Geneva Accords. Uh, the Geneva Accords, excuse me. The plane... Um, that he bought from them was paid for in what was considered traditional drug dealer fashion, $300,000 in cash. Oh my gosh. And this was before his arrest. This was, was? this was years before his arrest. I mean, this was, this would have been like the seventies, late seventies. And they, I'm guessing that what they were trying to do was probably liquidate some of their old planes, but, but essentially this, this, this CIA front company sold a plane to Barry, which doesn't again, make them complicit. But he purchased it from them in cash. Maybe the CIA goes, who are you, suspicious person? Right. We're we're, supposed to look into crimes. But, hey, you know, maybe since you're going to buy one of our planes to modify for $300,000 in cash. What? Well, and, like, I wish, I kind of wish Eric was here right now to tell us, like, how much $300,000 is, like, in in reference to an airplane because I don't actually know how much what because depending on what these like you said these dummy airplanes were that the CIA was using right I don't know if they were like just the base model or if they were like fully loaded (laughs) so I don't know if the price goes up or if it goes down so I wish Eric was here to tell us like oh that's nothing or that's weird or that's a typical down payment like he can can tweet in at some point or say something I don't know but okay so that's no but I mean so that's interesting so it was this this now, and I think let me it was. I, I think you're thinking of this might have been like a fucking hundred seat. This was like a a fucking smaller passenger okay, plane. That it might sell like might seat like six to, six to ten people. Okay, it's not okay. these giant ass planes that he paid. No, and that's what I was going to ask yeah. you. Was the the uh, kind of demi corporation that they had going on? Was it something like like an actual like you know? Air America. Yeah, you fly could fly America, on it, and like, then they would so use it covertly. Yes, so it was. It was, uh, like, it, was uh, it was an so actual. Could real, like, like let's say civilians, like you and I, could we have booked a flight on Air America in the fifties? Yes, I believe so. Now, would we, now was it a legit thing, or would we have just been flying like as decoy? Like, no, what? you would have been. No, it, you would have been doing it. But it's the like, airline it's like, is not say like the CIA owned Mrs. Fields cookies, and oh, they okay. owned a cookie corporation, and all of the money from the cookies went to financing foreign wars. Okay, but anybody could go buy a cookie. But anybody can have a cookie. Okay, I get it. And it doesn't make you a criminal to okay. eat a cookie. And maybe they can sell cookies in North Korea where they couldn't have soldiers. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. That sounds like now. a pretty good metaphor. I was good. Yeah. I love cookies. Does that make sense for you guys at home? <laughs> um, are you hungry now? <laughs> are you? Yeah, I want a cookie. Um, there, there are even documents and uh, you know from, from things like uh, internal FBI documents that were released um, that, that has statements from one of SEAL's associates stating that they were maintaining the planes at Maina Air Force Base, or airport, not Air Force Base, 
airport for the CIA. Now, now Mina was was maintaining the planes for the CIA. That it was actually that, that oh, it wasn't that they just bought the planes from the CIA that they actually they were did maintaining it. them. So Russell Welch again that goes in with the cover up. Right, they would be just at the airport. Right, Russell Welch, an Arkansas state investigator, said in an interview that Barry Sill had claimed to him that he was quote taking guns to Central America, exchanging them for drugs, and then bringing the drugs back here for the CIA to sell, and it was all protected by the government. <gasps> now this wasn't. Now the oh, fact of the matter so is, is this wrong with that? Oh. This wasn't. This isn't a, a, a rumor or a conspiracy. This happened. The government, the CIA, in fact, uh, it's gone on record, and there was trials and this shit. But uh, the CIA is has has gone on record as saying they they brought in drugs. They've they you know they used. Um, and we'll get into it, the entire Iran-Contra scandal uh, uh, or th- that happened uh, with Oliver North in the 80s, uh, which we're going to talk about. Um, but it was the same thing where they've, they've used the, the profits from drug money to fuel foreign wars that then can, you know, if they fund, say, a guerrilla uh, organization or rebels who are going in to then topple a government that doesn't agree with them, just in the same way that we've created the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. We, yeah. What we do is we say, oh, well, look, we don't like your dictator, Gaddafi or Hussein. So what we'll do is if you want to fight him, because we're not going to fight him just mm-hmm. yet, if you want to fight him, maybe we'll give you some weapons yes. and we'll make it easier for you. And then once you topple him, then maybe we put in a, dic- uh, a, a leader that isn't a dictator that kind of agrees with American policy. So what you can do is you can fund the you can fund some rebels and go, hey, take these guns and maybe overthrow your government. And then when you're done, we'll put in somebody that agrees with us and then we can have policies that that go throughout the world. It's like having like these little global um, foreign foreign militias that are just out there, kind of rebels against their own state um, or state, I I mean, kind of their territories or, you know, what have you. But that's pretty, um, so we're kind of creating these, this enemy essentially. And Mm -hmm. then well, and that's what has happened with a lot wow. of our enemies abroad is that we've started them as freedom fighters. Yes. I, I mean, there's a the whole thing that, that we gave guns to, to Osama, Osama bin Laden, Laden to go help us fight in, in Sarajevo and Kosovo and we needed the I Taliban know. and then now the Taliban was... So the, the fact is, is that that's like what that they're saying about that this. You, you know, if you, if you raise a child to become a thief and then and that's all he knows, but then punish him for being a thief, it's right. like, how can you punish them for what what has been instilled in them, you know, from... Right now, the inv- that wasn't very poetic. Well, but no, it's true, it, and, and that's <laughs> kind of what happens so with the, with this. Is the CIA <laughs> learns that they're going to make a lot more money from this than they are yeah. from taxpayers. Yep, and they again, all these people feel like they're above the law. Now they kind of get end up, and and it's not even like we can't just go. The government's corrupt. We have to look at agencies because these are. This is a perfect example of agencies not having each other's back. You yeah. would assume that the FBI and the CIA and the IRS aren't all against each other, but. The investigating agencies, again, like I just said, the FBI, the IRS, Customs, the Attorney General of Louisiana, just to name a few, were actually discouraged to look too much into Barry Seal. And according to internal documents from the FBI, they were told, quote, not to ask anything about his operations prior to his 1984 arrest and plea deal. Why? Well. Well, I mean, we know why, but like. Now. But why? I guess I'm saying like, why aren't other people saying why? There's a lot of whys. In fact, um, just a couple years later, it was, see, here's the thing. Sill was sentenced to work in public service at, uh, at a Salvation Army facility in Baton Rouge as part of his uh, plea deal that he made. Um, 
it was kind of a modification by the judge to his original plea bargain. Right. On February 19th, 1986, Barry Sill was shot to death in front of that site. Sill's what? death. What? Sill's shooting abruptly brought the DEA's investigation to an end. Thwap. The door went shut. Colombian assassins uh. sent by the Medellin cartel were apprehended while trying to leave Louisiana soon after Seal's murder. The killers were indicted by a state grand jury in March of 1986. So this this is how quickly this gun. In February, oh he was shot. In March of 86, they were indicted by a state grand jury. Luis Carlos uh, Quintar Cruz, Miguel Valles, and Bernardo Antonio Vasquez were convicted of first-degree murder in Seal's death and sentenced to life in prison without parole. On March 3rd, 1986, Louisiana Attorney General William Guste hand-delivered a letter to the U.S. Attorney General uh, Edwin Meese criticizing the government's glaring failure to protect Seal as a witness. Quote, in October, as chairman of the Subcommittee on Narcotics and Drug Interdiction of the President's Commission on Organized Crime, presided over a seminar at which Barry Seal had testified. His purpose there was to inform the commission and top U.S. United States or top United States officials of the methods and equipment used by drug smugglers, and he was scheduled to be a key witness in the government's case against Jorge Ochoa Vasquez, who was the big cartel leader at the time, yes. the head of one of the largest drug cartels in the world. In all caps, why was such an important witness not given protection, whether he wanted it or not? The letter contained all caps wow. when he sent this. Now, there are many people that believe that the Medellin cartel had nothing to do with Barry Sills' murder. And it was just this kind of propaganda by the government to cover up their own involvement. Um, Who, I mean, so then, because I, I kind of see um, the logic in in that someone from the cartel could have killed him, just in the sense of silencing him so that no one else could sure. be blamed or named for involvement. But if they're not saying that the CIA did it, then... Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> On the same day that Seal died, three other-level cartel members were also killed, oh, including Jorge Ochoa's right-hand man. Ten days before his death, Barry Seal had threatened to reveal details he had about gun running and drug smuggling operations in Mina. Oh. The man he threatened at the time was George Bush. Oh, Now, my it is also gosh. said... By the counsel for the three suspects in Barry Sill's death, um, they all stated uh, that once they had arrived in the States, their actions from that point on were all directed and dictated by a military contact that they went on to identify as the uh, Iran-Contra poster boy Oliver North. Now, to give you a little background on the Iran-Contra scandal, when I was a kid, there was this whole thing. Old Ollie North, boy, he took the fall. That's what they used to say. Ollie, Oliver North was the face of this. You know, it's like when they have a scandal, it's like they have to pin it on somebody. Yes. Well, here's basically what the Iran-Contra uh, scandal was. A lot of this, this is, uh, you can find this on Wikipedia, things like this, a basic overview of it. Um, it's just saying that a number of people over the years have alleged that the CIA was involved in the cocaine trafficking during the 1980s. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's always been a persistent rumor. These claims led to investigations by United States government, including hearings and reports by the U.S. United States House of Representatives, the Senate, the Department of Justice, and the CIA's Office of Inspector General. The subject still remains controversial. CIA involvement in trafficking is usually alleged to be connected to the Contra War in Nicaragua during the Reagan administration, um, which acknowledged in 1986 that the, the, the administration that funds from cocaine smuggling 
had helped fund the Contra rebels, but stated that the smuggling was not authorized by the U.S. government or the resistance leaders. Mm, so they're saying, well, well, yeah, this happened, but we didn't say it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sorry, go ahead. Well, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I don't, I'm worried that if I say something, you are going to have the answer to it. But <laughs> um, I was just going to say that I allegedly, I don't think that it's hard to believe that the CIA is involved because... Oh. I mean, we all. I'm sure they anybody were. who really in thinks fact, about it have been proven where how the distribution of drugs uh, accumulate in poor communities and things sure, like that. They know versus, what they're doing. Look, I mean, and that, and then arrests lead to uh, people being in prison, and, and that leads to uh, the money that they get. Prison. Yes, that they get it's from the all, state just for having people yeah. in prison. So I mean, it's just it's, money it, to make what? arrests it's and the to same keep thing we said and in the to Rothschilds keep poor episode. people poor. Follow the dollar. Yes, it's true. So I mean, I just don't believe them. Like, sorry, but I don't believe that. Oliver North, who kind of became the face of the Condor scandal, he came into the public spotlight um, kind of as a result of the participation in which he claimed partial responsibility for the sale of weapons through intermediaries to Iran, with the profits from that being channeled to the Contras in Nicaragua. It was alleged that he was responsible for the establishment of a covert network, which subsequently funneled all those funds to the, funds to the Contras. Um, Oliver North had also, uh, reports had that he'd also been seen uh, around... Arkansas with diners oh, with Barry Seal. Okay. In July. In, in Mina? Yes, in Mina. Okay. In July of 1987, North was summoned to testify before televised hearings of a joint congressional committee that was formed to investigate Iran Contra. Uh, during the hearings, North admitted that he had lied to Congress previously, for which, uh, and for this and other actions, he was later charged. He defended his actions by stating that he was believed in the goal of aiding the Contras, whom he saw as freedom fighters against the Sandinistas, and said that he viewed the Iran-Contra scheme as a, quote, neat idea. What? North also <laughs> admitted he wasn't the sharpest. Okay. Uh, North also <laughs> shredding uh, government documents related to the Contra and Iranian activities. Um, at William Casey's suggestion, who I believe was the head of the CIA, if I'm so not I'm mistaken. So I guess before he could delete emails, Yeah, right? this was another delete. Yeah, back then it was shredding. Now yeah. we just smash. Smash it with a uh, hammer. Exactly. <laughs> he also testified that Robert McFarlane had asked him to alter official records to delete references to direct assistance to the Contras. Uh, North was uh, tried in 1988, indicted on 16 felony counts, and on May 4th, 1989, he was initially convicted of three, accepting uh, a legal gratuity, aiding and abetting in the obstruction of a congressional inquiry, and ordering the destruction of documents through his secretary, Fawn Hall. He was sentenced by U.S. District Judge on in July of 1989 to a three-year suspended prison sentence, Two years probation, $150,000 in fines, and 1,200 hours of community service. So that's all you get for selling weapons to Iran and then funneling a war in Nicaragua. You get, uh, you pay $150,000, you, and you, and you, uh, if, you know, again, listen, white privilege isn't new. No. This isn't new. If this had been anybody else, if, if any, if anybody else, and this, listen, this well, isn't. Well, and I think the public would have had a harder time believing that, I mean, like, to be fair, that if it was a person of another race that was walking around acting that way, people would go, come Again, on. Yeah, but, but the, the, the fact is that any of us, if, if one citizen, not a, not an army general, not a protected person with CIA ties, not any of this, was found selling uh, anything to Iran yep. and using those funds to then pay for a war in another country, yep. we would be a war criminal. We would be tried. We would well, it's be. Treason, I mean, I mean, it's right? just. I mean, it's, it's not an act of treason. Yes, it yeah. is, it, and it's absolutely absurd. Um, let's see. Uh, what does this say? Um, it sounds like it says um. <laughs> 
I don't know. This is just some information. Uh, it just says that there was more investigations done. They showed that these funds were indeed done uh, transferred this way. Um, on April 17th, 1986, the Reagan administration released a three-page report stating that there were some contra cocaine connections in 1984 and 85, and that these connections occurred at a time when rebels were, quote, particularly hard-pressed for financial support, end quote, because aid from the United States had been cut off. The report stated, quote, we have evidence of a limited number of incidents in which known drug traffickers have tried to establish connections with Nicaraguan resistance groups, and that the drug activity took place, quote, without the authorization of resistance leaders. So again, they all acknowledged that all this went down. Yeah. They just, nobody wanted yeah. to claim. Now, yeah. here. But I mean, where do they lay the blame then? I mean, okay, just nobody weird. lays the blame We anyway. don't know. It Barry just Seal wasn't was us. killed. It was all him. He died, right? Even, even, uh, in fact, here, I'll play you a little clip. Bill Clinton has always denied any knowledge or involvement of anything that went on at MENA. Yes. Um, in fact, in 1994... Even though um, it's interesting that he was the governor of Arkansas. And you can't... You're either... No. Again, we, we go back to the thing that you're either the biggest idiot... Yep. Or, or the best liar. Or the best liar. Now, And I don't think they're dumb. In this clip, we'll, we'll find out exactly why uh, why they called him old Slick Willie. Uh, this was back when he was, a pres when, when he was president... Um, he was asked uh, by somebody at a um, press junket about this, and um, it's really, I'll, I'm going to get to this, this lady's question right here, and uh, this is pretty, it's a pretty ballsy lady. I like this lady. There's this big, like, scroll at the beginning. He's like, in the furnace of the Clintons, and he like. Oh, are the edges so, burned? Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to wait. It's, it's, it starts here at a, at a minute six, so that's like, I don't know, like. Eight seconds here, but yeah. He, so this lady asks him this in uh, in public. Here, okay. Let me turn this up. He lied. Sir, uh, the Republicans are trying to blame you for the existence of a small air base at Mena, Arkansas. This base was set up by George Bush and Oliver North and uh, the CIA to help the Iran Contras, and they brought in plane load after plane load of cocaine there for sale in the United States. And then they took the money and bought weapons and took them back to the Contras, all of which was illegally, as you know, under the Bolin Act. But tell me, did She's they tell you right that this had to be in existence because of national security? Well, look at him. Look let at me him. answer the question. No, they didn't tell me anything about it. They didn't She's say just looking right at Bill Clinton it. right now. The airport in question and all the events in question were the subject of state and it was primarily a matter for federal jurisdiction. The state really had next to nothing to do with it. Oh, my the local gosh. Prosecutor did conduct an investigation based on what was within the jurisdiction of state law. The rest of it was under jurisdiction of the United States attorneys who were appointed he, successively by previous administrations. Off. We had nothing I mean, he still zero doesn't answer it. to do with it, and everybody who's ever looked into it knows that. Okay, first off, you cannot fool this old bitch. But second, I don't believe... That, you that don't know. any state or federally run place can say, uh, we had absolutely no idea this was going down when they make you see what the fuck is in your shoes at an airport. <coughs> well, and they didn't do that back then. But, but do you know what? I, well, but, uh, it was a, it was a lot more lax. You could just walk on, you could have a gun in your luggage back in the eighties. I just, I just still have a hard time I believing too. No, that a government listen, can say that it has no absolutely. idea that plane load after plane, like this woman says of cocaine 
And, uh, you know, the exchange of weapons was to foreign countries was going down without any knowledge. Right. So or consent. And I just love that. I, don't I just love it. her balls of just going, listen, um, as you know, the CIA yeah. set up a base at the airport uh, and just lays it all out. And he just oh he's just upset gosh. and like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, there's she, no way to, you're not mincing words. She eats him for lunch. Like, now it is. You guys got to see that video. Here, this- here is the fucking kicker, though. Okay, I haven't even told you the best part. You don't even know the best part yet. I'm excited. None of you know the best part yet. When we talked about this, this is what I needed to know. They said that wrapped up Clinton, Bush, W. Bush, Jeb Bush, and I said, how the hell is all this tied in together? Well, here it is. Rumor had it that Barry Seal had secretly taped an aborted DEA cocaine sting when it was discovered that the two people picking up the cocaine kilos in Miami were George W. Bush and Jeb Bush. What? 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 Allegedly, they were caught on tape by Barry Seal picking up kilos of cocaine from a Florida airport. Now... While proof of this was hard to come up with, the investigations did uncover the fact that the alleged plane used in the sting and flown in drug smuggling operations by Barry Sill had ended up. So whether or not Barry Sill had this, had this videotape of Jeb and George picking up the thing, uh, which is enough to get you killed when you threaten George, when you threaten George W. Bush and 10 days before you're killed. Uh, but the, the plane that had been flown in the drug smuggling operations ended up becoming the favorite plane of then Texas governor, George W. Bush. What? The owners between seal and Bush were also Bush associates who were involved in other financial scandals. So So they bought Barry's plane. plane. It became Bush's plane. Now, what? while what? there is no proof, while there is no proof that jo- now there there Where is, is this video allegedly oh, supposed so, to be. I, well, I'm certain that when Barry oh, Seal was killed, never mind. Just just JK. Listen, Barry Seal. <laughs> this all happened fast. You got to go. Barry Seal moved into Mina in 1981. Started his operations basically kind of beginning of 82. By 84, he was arrested and turned state and turned into a witness. By yeah, 86, he, was, he had been indicted out and he was shot by the Medellin wow. cartel. This was a five-year roller coaster. If you listen, why isn't this movie made? Is there a movie of this? Because this is fascinating. Yeah, that's this a is good the point. most like this is like fucking blow. Oh, but but in five years, this is insane. Yeah. Now we know that. George W. Bush, I'm no apologist of him, but it's not like I'm bashing on him or or saying an untruth when I go, it is known that he enjoyed the white stuff at a certain point in his career. He he was not People always... People think he still does now. I mean, yeah, that's, he, that's why he looks the way that he does. I'm co- No, Bush. Oh, I thought you said Bill Clinton. No, Bush. Sorry. George W. Bush, when he was just back in Texas, when he was a Texas good old boy, even when he was governor. I never heard of that about George Bush, so I apologize. There are jokes about, there's rumors and stuff. He he enjoyed the Coke. I enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he, in fact, I I thought he was. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was, I I don't want to speak out of turn. Maybe that had something to do with him not going to to Vietnam or something. I, 
I just remember like there was jokes that had been made. Like it was kind of a thing that he was like kind of, a, well, even before he was president, he was a dimwit that it was a coked out son of George W. or oh, George Bush. Okay. I mean, there was, there was like stories and stuff. So it's, it's not unknown that he, he at least dabbled in that world. Yeah. There's like that story about him being the president or something too. Like it's. We, yeah, it's I crazy. I I I wake up every day like, did it happen? <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that again, there is no actual proof that this videotape. I I didn't find. I looked. I don't know that people. Oh, you did. Oh, I I'm I, I, for I you. know that people wouldn't. No, I I didn't look and go. Is I'm it on the internet? For all these things that are on your phone, like 9/11, yeah. mean airport. These yeah, I've got a secret if, bases. If, they, if like, they looked at this one notes document, they'd oh, be yeah. God. But then they're also going to get down and go, what is this Nazi Antarctic bases? This guy's an idiot. Hey. And they may not care about you. They'd be more interested in if there really was. Yeah, although I, I think they know. But but here's the thing: is that look, there's no proof that this videotape exists. What we do know is that. There was an operation. Barry Sill was killed. Barry Sill threatened some very high up people that he was protected by. Mm-hmm. If if he made a deal, listen. And again, if you you go through you go through and go make sense that if if he gets arrested and makes a super secret behind closed doors deal with a drug task force run by George Bush, it and this and if. That then says that the CIA was complicit with this. It's not really hard to think that George might have his two boys yeah. run an errand for him. Right. And I can't really think of any other reason that Seal would... Um, uh, would want to videotape what's anything. The, what's the word I'm looking for? Incriminate. Right. Incriminate uh, these two people who hadn't really been mentioned before in any no. of this scandal. It seems weird it that seems he like would... It's an interesting, like, like either... Listen, we're... Because... I don't know. It just seems like either they were like, look, we'll, we'll videotape everything. Um, oops, not this one because, yeah. uh, or he videotaped it because he knew what it was and exactly. was going to hold on to exactly. it. Because again, blackmail you, in the, in the, you know, if you're going to walk form. around like that, you're going to have to have some, th- some way yep. to back it up. Yeah. So, and he might've done those things like anyways, like he might've done small little things like that where, like you said, maybe he did videotape or audio tape his, um, exchanges or meetings or things like that so that if and maybe that was like uh, he did feel the protection of the higher ups but at the same time like walked around with like a if they do get me i'm taking everybody I'm taking down, them too. down with me. We're it, all it, it going does seem down. like that's what he did right as soon as he got taken i mean he well, was think like about that he wasn't he was a, like he bring wasn't it on guy. like i got right he, right well, think about it he also wasn't like you know fuck you coppers he went oh cool i'm just gonna plead guilty and, and, and that's whatever what I'm you want to taking everybody down exactly yeah. so, so it kind of seems like he may have yeah, he known had that if this goes down this especially is the route i'm going to especially take Especially look when if, if you're barry seal and one of the dudes you you deal with is pablo escobar and the other one is the fucking vice president yep you're gonna need something more than a fucking like your word yeah Okay, so it it doesn't shock me to think that this could have happened. And it doesn't even shock me to think this is why he got killed. But at the same time, you know, I also go, you fucked over the cartel. Yeah. You don't fuck over the cartel. They're a little bit scarier than the CIA. They're fucking terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it kind of goes to uh, if you guys uh, saw the movie Sicario. Um, that entire movie about a drug agent who goes in and she's assigned this this task to go in with this mysterious guy to go in and they're gonna and then it, it, and then you you know 
spoiler alert, I don't know, it's a two-year-old movie or whatever, you find out that the guy is actually working for the cartel and the government is helping him get in to take a hit out on the other drug boss because it will benefit them. Mm -hmm. It's not fucking hard to understand that this is how things work. We've paid and worked with somebody to take out the person we don't like. That's that's happened. We try to keep our hands clean. Right. And And, and, And people get hurt. And sometimes it's people within the government and sometimes it's it's just people who were in the wrong place at the wrong time and, and probably most often it's them it, it nine times out of ten it's yep. them. probably the most Not unfortunate <laughs> probably the most un, the wrong one percent yep uh <laughs> probably the most unfortunate and uh and f- famous uh murders that came out of this was um kevin ives and don henry who were known yeah. as the uh the boys on the track we briefly mm-hmm. talked about them in when we when we discussed the uh clinton body count um but uh, they uh, essentially the story goes as such on August 23rd, 1987, teenagers, Kevin Ives, 17 and Don Henry, 16 were discovered spread out over the railroad tracks near their home. Yeah. Um, the engineer that had noticed them was unable to stop his train in time to prevent running over them. He later rationalized that due to the noise of his oncoming train, um, the boys had to have been dead and positioned on the tracks. That's what he now, believed. And you mentioned a really interesting detail to me. I don't. I am sorry if I'm saying it too soon. But you you said that um, that when the conductor you know was coming up, that it was there was a green tarp over them. So essentially, that would have been what he saw. Correct, meaning that he didn't actually know that he was rolling up on bodies. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, in fact, listen. So here's the here it says uh, the local police. And, and th- this was used in the reports, uh, quote, suspiciously, rushed to a, a solution, judging the boys had died from drug abuse on the tracks. In fact, it was the general consensus was the boys had, and, and let's use the, the lexicon of the day, had smoked marijuana cigarettes <laughs> and fallen and, and yes. gone into a trance yeah. on, the, on the tracks yeah. and, and been just so, listen, it does not Listen, guys, work like that. <laughs> I I in I have no secrets about my my love of marijuana. It's a fantastic <laughs> thing. Um, I'm I'm a proponent of it both medically. I think it should be legalized. I think it's a fantastic alternative to alcohols and pills and yeah. all of the other things that people do. I have personally smoked more weed than even Kevin Ivis. And Don Henry saw in their entire lives today. <laughs> and I tell you right now, as good as today's weed is, they were probably smoking some skunk-ass Arkansas Oregano. bullshit. <laughs> we're smoking some fucking AK-47. And it's like hydroponic 29% THC. And I still wouldn't be so high that I would just go days out and on a, on a, in a train track and just yeah. get the fuck out of here. Okay, but that's not even the worst part. I almost believe that if they would have just said that they were drunk and passed out, like I really would have actually believed that story more that you because I don't think that your the level of inebriation is even there. I mean, like I you're 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 not sensory deprived. Like it's you know alcohol. Whatever. It's just a lame story. It's stupid. And we we clearly find out it's bullshit because as the investigation went on, it just became. Not only more and more ridiculous, but more uh, more and more people tied to it 
also started going missing. Now, the local police, like I said, they initially said the boys had died because of this marijuana-induced trance. Um, but the family was considered that they <laughs> were murdered. He said trance. <laughs> we're, we're convinced that they were murdered and that there was a police cover-up uh, because, you know, maybe tying in with the CIA operation. The idea was that these boys had maybe seen a drug drop. Stumbled, yeah. with, were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Damn saw it. saw Bill Clinton get a check from somebody. They saw something they, they should have. Like and like something. like you said, somebody something big. Th- they knew that. Look, you if don't just kill even boys. Said one one they one saw name. Bill Clinton with a key. They anything. Plus, I don't know. They saw. <sighs> yeah. Who knows what they saw? And plus, every time this happens, like, and you tell me about these people that they find, it's like they've been beat too, and it's like I I can't. What I understand, like we need to take this person out because for the sake of keeping this under wraps, but I just can't understand like what level you like decide to like torture and beat someone because they know something like it wasn't their fault. Right. I agree with you. That's yeah, what's well, so, so sad, sad about these two kids. Yeah. Interesting facts about this murder case. Here's a couple things to, to keep in mind. Um, Bill Clinton was the only person that the medical examiner's office answered to. What? That make any sense. Now, also, on top of this, the medical examiner, a man named Fami Malik, uh, had a history of- Fami? Fami. Fami? Fami Malik. (laughs) You know, flamps. Uh, (laughs) The medical examiner, Fami Malik, had a history of questionable rulings, um, including uh, a a man who had been uh, a body. They found a man shot in the chest four times, which he'd ruled a suicide. Which one was the suicide? Uh, The- (laughs) The, the last, last one. one. <laughs> <laughs> he been shot three times. and like, I can't take it anymore. And, um, he had ruled one an accidental drowning, uh, a victim who had clearly been shot in the head. Uh, well, you can drown after you get shot in the head. Yeah, sometimes you just get shot in the head and go for a <laughs> or swim. You can get in your lungs. Yeah, but... you know, sometimes you're Vince okay, Foster. I, you kill yeah. yourself and you go out and you place your body and you go, you know what? I don't want to lay here yet. I want to take a swim. I'll come back. Um, it's just so ridiculous. Um, or, the, or he was also the one in the case of James Milan. Who uh, <laughs> the 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 medical examiner again, Fami Malik, had ruled the death uh, from an from an ulcer, <laughs> d- despite the fact that the man had been decapitated. <laughs> they later found his head, and he went, "Oh, oh! Well, now that we found his head, yeah. I can clearly see it was missing." <laughs> Fucking idiot! That's still not what did it. <laughs> nope, nope. It was the ulcer. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> you know what? I will to be to be hundred percent serious. I'm, get, I'm sure getting your head cut off is very well, stressful. <laughs> You're like, okay, so hold on. I just need a tum. You now, know what? I keep following. It's I mean, coming out the neck. I mean, could have also died from the ulcer and then been decapitated, but it's I don't really possible. think. It's very It could have, yeah. Um, other interesting things. Uh, a green tarp was seen on top of the boys' bodies by the conductors, but it vanished by the time they started looking for it after they were run over. So after they had hit the boys, mm-hmm. they came back out, started looking for the, the things. They didn't see the tarp. So, like you had, you said, was, was there a guy like just hiding in? He just yanked it, it right off. I feel but... like that it, that's exactly what happened. That there was somebody in the woods watching it and went, "It's done." And then they made sure the boys were hit by a train and probably like grabbed, you, the, tarp. grabbed the tarp and took off. In fact, because um, I mean, like I said, I. When um, when I first heard the story and everything like that, and even when we were kind of talking about it last week, I didn't know about the green tarp, and I just kind of kept thinking, like, why didn't the conductor, you know, 
I don't know, stop, notice, uh, say, do anything. But then I realized, well, oh, it, I didn't know that it's because he didn't actually know what he was coming up to, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It, it just looks like he was kind of like, what's on the tracks? And maybe yeah. that's the way, that's exactly what you would do, right? You wouldn't put bodies on because he would clearly stop. Yep. So you want to make sure they were running. So they over. would cover in them, fact, and then as soon as they hit like the deed was done, yeah, they would he, pull it off. He also said they were positioned in a way that was kind of impossible for somebody under the influence to end up on. So I don't know what that means. I don't know why they were placed. I I didn't I didn't look in to see if there were drawings well, or anything. Almost like even for small, you know, teenage boys, like railroad tracks are only about what two, three, yeah, they're four not feet big. wide, maybe uh, in between. So so it'd almost be like a weird kinked neck. Then with like your it. Like, I feel like I feel like they, I kind of understand what he's saying. Like yeah, it doesn't you would seem know that someone wasn't laying naturally that way. Yes, right. So um, you know, and here's the thing: there also also no tests for for drugs were ever done, and also it's weed, not chloroform. Oh, I don't. I didn't. You can even hear me in my mic, but I said, "Oh my gosh!" Oh my god! It's still stupid. Uh, also, a few months after the death, the boy's parents held a press conference. The case was reopened. A grand jury actually overruled the ruling of accidental death and changed their deaths to probable homicide. Further investigation showed that one of the boys had been stabbed, they had both Aww. been beaten, and one had been smashed in the head with a rifle butt. Oh my god! Which sounds very copy to me. Who hits you? Who does that? You know what I mean? Well, right, because like, there's really no, there's no reason. Again, like. To, to do those things to someone. I mean, if you're a serial killer, you're almost like, I'm just going to put them on the train tracks. Like, right. you're not really like doing this military brutality drill. Right. Yeah, and that's really what it kind of looked like. Now, there were rumors of an unidentified figure in military fatigues loitering in the area before the train ran the motor. Oh, which, gosh. again, right, makes a lot of sense. You put somebody in maybe camouflage. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I understand of like maybe roughing them to try to see exactly what they know. Like, well, what, how were, much do you know? But I think they were already going to kill them at that point. A local witness also claimed that he had seen two police officers beating two boys senseless in a store parking lot before tossing them into a truck and driving away. It was unknown whether or not they were Kevin and Don. Well, I kind of hope so, because then there's another case of two other boys who were just being well, <laughs> brutalized by police in and, a parking and, lot. And to be honest, it didn't end at Kevin and Don. Okay. Um, theory is, is they might have accidentally observed a drug drop. Um, police later found evidence of stab wounds on mm, Don's shirt, yeah. and the investigation changed, like I said, to probable hom- from probable homicide, which the family got it changed to, to definite homicide. Oh, wow. So they're, 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 there's they, no it's question now. Down. It's definite homicide, oh, wow. right? Um Tips to the telecenter uh, at the time when they were asking for people to help um, suggested that he that the boys were murdered by drug dealers. Um, no suspects were ever named in the case, though. Uh, in 1995, the investigation into their murders was officially closed without their killer captured or identified, and it remains unsolved to this day. Mm. Other people, there were other people who had information about the case, um, the the Kevin uh, and yeah. Don case, and they also. Some of their friends, right? Went missing or died. Uh, Keith Coney, um, in April of 1988, he told his mother that he, quote, knew too much about the murders and was scared for his life. Uh, a couple months later. Now, how would he have known that? I wonder. He, maybe he'd, I don't know. Maybe there was, it's a small town, right? You're from Price. Right. If, if, so, if two kids had been murdered, despite a government cover-up, right? Despite the CIA, if the CIA came into your small town, and tried to clean up all their loose ends. There's still that, well, fucking Tony down at the fucking bar. He was yeah. walking home that night. He saw that shit. Well, and, and that I guess, shit exists in yeah, a small town. And I guess my question about it was, I don't actually know the, maybe because I don't know the, the actual time gap between um, when 
they would have possibly seen it and how quickly they were distinguished is kind of what my question was like. I didn't know if it was like that day, like they were out playing, you know, by the tracks and like saw something that day and that yeah, day were killed. Like, so that well, was kind of my question. Yeah, I don't know the time it's frame. It's hard to say. And you know what? I Neither do I. Okay. Um, but uh, he, Keith Coney, um, s- died when his motorcycle slammed into the back of a truck after he had been slashed in the neck and was apparently fleeing for his life. And now, how would that have even happened? Because I don't on know. His Somebody attacked right? him, and he hurried and jumped on his bike and took off and was bleeding oh and my crashed into a thing. Booney Brandon, a friend of the boys, uh, he disappeared. His body was never found. Maybe oh. not anything to do with it. Maybe just Booney. Booney done missed. Done went missing. Uh, Keith McCaskill um, also said he had information about the case and was so convinced his life was in danger that he'd already said goodbye to his friends and family. He died uh, in November of 1988 after being stabbed 113 times. Oh, that was the guy that I was talking about where I was like, you can't even stab anything 113. I'm winded after 30. Yeah. 113 that's times. Like, that's, that's a message. That's, that's a fuck mean. you. That's it is Just, mean. That's it's, yeah. It, your family's not going to see this body. It's 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 fucked oh, up. So messed up. Um, now again, you know, you're you're looking at this, and I, I don't want anybody to think that we're saying all these people were killed by the government. Again, there is a drug cartel involved. Yes. So there there are a lot of dangerous people. No matter who you see, whether you saw a government official, whether you saw Pablo fucking Escobar himself. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You saw the wrong person on the wrong night. You saw the devil. So that's what these people did. They, I, who, no matter who it was, they were all there cleaning and up they, loose ends. Yeah, they killed Kaiser the Sose was in the harbor killing people. All right, and that's who he saw. He saw Kaiser Sose. Gregory Collins again claimed he had information, but died before he could testify. He died from a shotgun blast to the face in January of 1989. Jeff Rhodes, another person who claimed to have information, and was also killed before he could testify. He was found shot in the head, mutilated, and burned in a trash dump of April 1989. <gasps> Jordan Kettleson also claimed to have information, was also killed before he could testify, was found shot to death in the front seat of his pickup truck, also with a shotgun blast to his head in June of 1990. And Richard Winters also said he had information, was also killed by a shotgun blast to the head as well. So this is one of those stories that exists in a very small time frame. It happened in the 80s. And all of the people who were involved in it either ended up dead because they messed with the wrong drug dealer, or, if you believe this story, ended up in the highest positions of power in our country. And when you think about it, when they say you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, it's a very (laughs) true statement, because on the way to the top of every person's climb, there are people they've stepped on. There are people they've stepped over. That's happened. When you get to those positions of power, you had to have screwed somebody over at some point in your yeah. career. Some people screw people over with a little more dignity said than yes others. You should have said no. And other no people said yes. may climb to their positions of power on the bodies of those they've left behind them. This is a fascinating story. One that without doubt reaches both into the corners of our government and the darkest recesses of our society, from drug money to taxpayer money. Where's the line? From president to mafioso, from thug to politician. Their lines all seem yeah. very blurred when you're looking at a story like this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of information out there. Like I said, a lot of it's very old. So 
Go out there and do your research on on these scandals. Uh, look into a few of these on your own. Go back, find these things. They're fascinating. Uh, last week, this was yeah. a footnote in a longer episode, and this week it was an hour of our time. So each one of these things, every one of these things that yes. we've ever talked about can be expanded. Uh, if something sparks your interest, do the research. If you want to hear us talk about it, send us the information. Um, we're very. We got to get out of here. We do. Um, it's it, and, it, you know. There's another podcast coming in right yep. now. There's a very busy network here at Area 52. Uh, it, it it's all science and aliens and podcasts. Yep. So yeah. Um, but this is awesome. So thanks for listening, Dan. You got anything to say? I mean, just um, wrapping up. Here? I just think that they need to quit doing each other's jobs. Drug dealers need to quit being politicians, and politicians need to quit being drug dealers. Damn straight. Good. Well done. We need both in this world, I suppose. <laughs> they just we just need funny thing is, I, I, I trust my dealer a lot more than I trust my congressman. Yeah. So <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's listen, thank you for listening. And uh, you know, like I said, once again, think for yourselves, do the research from me, from Danny, and on behalf of little tiny Tim who's yeah. missing this week, we'll leave his crutch on his empty mic until <laughs> next week. Eric, I hope you can make it. But for all of us here at Area 52, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. It'll make it okay, it makes it go away.